Yeah, I'm doing a podcast. Welcome to episode 47 of Live It or Waste It. I am David Guggenheim. And I'm Dave Wine. And to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, that is the question. If you are looking for tips and strategies to make the most out of these difficult, pandemic-rich times, then this is the show to follow. Join us on our new journey of learning to live it during this crisis with the help of the Live It or Waste It community. Hello. Welcome, community. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hello, David Wine. Hello, DC Guggenheim. We're back doing the show, dealing with this COVID nightmare that is scourging the nation. It's still here. It hasn't left. No, it's growing. It's growing. Yes. Well, David, you know what? Before I get too more depressed, why don't we move on to the affirmation? Weekly affirmation. Weekly affirmation. I believe it's your week. Everyone, take a deep breath in. release we have been given a journey we choose the path we create our reality and if we let go of the past and embrace the future our path becomes wider our view gets better there are far less obstacles to hurdle There's only open space. Free to roam as we please. This is the path of living it. And so it is. And so we live it. There you go. There you have it. You know, it's interesting. uh, Although this virus is making decisions that are beyond our human control at this point, Again, we have the decision, the final decision of how we exist in this space. Hopefully, that's a comforting thought. The world might be topsy-turvy and and crazy, but coming back to a place of peace and quiet, a, a place of gratitude, a place of thanks, a place where you're not controlled by your past, where your future is what you make it, you know, this gives you a control in your personal life that we might not have in this sort of macro universe that we exist in. And hopefully that's solace to people. And remember too, if that does give you anxiety, because maybe you think you don't have the tools, the tools are available for you to learn. And these tools are sometimes not easy to use. They're, they're unwieldy, or at least can feel unwieldy when you first try to use them and there might be some failures there that's part of it that's part of the learning you know again we that's what we talk about failure as as learning and just because trying something trying journaling let's say didn't stick in the past doesn't mean that now it couldn't be a valuable tool to help you organize your mind your thoughts in a place to release especially if you're you know, finding yourself 
quarantined and not communicating with as many people as you normally do. So tools like that uh, are, are available. They're there. They're out there. And sometimes timing is a really decisive uh, modifier. And what didn't work before could work differently now. Well said, my friend. Word of the week. Word of the week. Self-love. In this time of chaos, we need to make sure that at the very least, we are giving ourselves the love that we as human beings require because we require it. You, how can you love other people if you don't love yourself? It's very difficult. And a lot of times we don't take time for it. I know personally, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, I got, I'm, I'm not happy with me, myself on this, I'm on that, on this. I got a long laundry list of things that where I got griped with myself with. And sometimes self-love is not a place that feels where I am. That's a problem. It's great to have this as the word of the week, as a reminder of how important it is. And with so many of the things that we're talking about here that you won't be successful if you don't have that. You can't take care of others if you're not taking care of yourself. I know we, we say that a lot on this show, but again, it bears to be repeated. People want to focus on caring for other people and they neglect themselves. And then they're incapable of taking care of anyone. Self-love. Love thyself. Amen. Who said that? Huckleberry Finn? Who said that? Uh... Jim? From The Office? I don't know. All right. Self-love. Topic of the week. Topic of the week. Quarantine edition continues because we're still in quarantine, believe it or not. Topic of the week, quarantine edition, communication series. Uh, video of the week. Video of the week. 10 ways to have better conversation. Video of the week, uh, 10 ways to have better conversation. This coming from NPR's Celeste Headley via a TED Talk that you could consume on YouTube. Yeah, Celeste has one of those uh, personalities that's very easy to listen to. Would you agree? Barry, this was a, like 11 minute video. Very easy to consume this one. Uh, very straightforward. There's no hijinks. No props, no messing about. A couple of good zingers in there. A couple of good zingers. It was an entertaining, entertaining video. Yep. Celeste Headley, you might know her from, she's done a lot of things, including uh, a former host of All Things Considered on NPR. Uh, but she's also the author of We Need to Talk, How to Have Conversations That Matter. So Celeste has taken some extensive amount of her own personal time to focus in on the art of conversation. Now you don't need to read her book because she gave you a 11 minute video that you can consume and take the, uh, the kernel of knowledge out of there and, and move forward with it. And hell, you don't even need to do that because you're listening to this show and we're going to be talking about all the 10 steps that she is talking about. So her lecture begins with her making the point that research has shown that we really don't listen to one another. We base our decisions strictly on what we already believe and now more than ever are less open to different points of view 
or compromise. Is that what you're seeing out with Dave, when you have conversations with people, when you interact with people out in the world, whether it's virtually or in person, do you find your tolerance of people getting less and less and the sameness as far as people you interact with becomes more prevalent? Yeah, I think that people have become a lot more opinionated and not willing to budge on that opinion. They're just waiting to talk. I have been guilty of this. I'm really trying to work hard on being more in the purple chair, which requires listening and putting yourself in that person's shoes. It's not an easy thing to do. We need to be able to loosen up about certain stances that we have because we don't know everything. Yeah, and Celeste mentions a quote. She she quotes the Buddha and a couple other people that basically say that you've, you've, you'll never learn something when, when your lips are moving, meaning when you're talking, you're not learning. I have a real hard time in this political age listening to nonsense, and I think there, there is a lot of nonsense out there that's not worth listening to. But when you find yourself in front of another human being who looks at the world differently, what is the commonality? Is there a commonality that you can have where you could have a conversation and learn something about the other human being and what motivates them to help you under, better understand how we come to these different conclusions? If, you, if you're talking to somebody else that you disagree with and you're talking about abortion, well, that's not going to be a productive conversation. But if you could talk to them about their kids or their humanity or something like that, make some sort of personal connection, find some redeeming qualities about who they are, you might be able to sway them that, that people like you aren't so bad. And I, I think in a lot of real settings... Or if you want to be so bold and, and have a conversation about their political views or maybe you can try to understand why they believe what they believe where are they coming from and then perhaps let them understand where you're coming from and maybe you won't come to a middle ground but at least you tried to understand yeah you're like you're like a um one of those naturalists you know, uh, uh, documentary filmmakers going into the wilds of Africa or something, right? And you're, you might not agree with the lion eating the, the wildebeest, but you want to just sort of document it and understand it and see, see how it lives and see how the pride functions. And I think, I, I think that uh, it depends on, for me, it depends on who you have a conversation with. Yeah, all right. So, uh, video of the week, 10 ways to have a better conversation by Celeste Headley. Number one, be present. Don't multitask. Don't just turn off your screen. Turn off your mind. Clear your thoughts. Focus on what's going on in the moment and not in the past or the future. Focus on the individual in front of you. This is a great one, right? We could all benefit of this. 
we're all so distracted with so many different things. When you actually have a human being you're talking to, you might as well give them the benefit of the doubt and pay attention. Yes. I mean, this is what you want when you're talking. Don't tell me you like it when somebody picks up and looks at their phone when you're in the middle of telling them something. Or you can just see the, the look on their face that they're clearly thinking about something else. That could be the problem with you and number two. You might be pontificating. <laughs> That's a good point, David. Maybe if somebody is, is starting to think about something else while you're talking, maybe you ought to think, well, what am I doing causing them to lose focus? Right. And again, it's you're, when you're talking, you're not listening. With every conversation you enter, you have something to learn. That is the mentality. True listening requires setting aside of oneself. That's Eb Scott Peck. Nice quote there, Dave Wine. That's a great quote, isn't that? I love that quote. And it's a very difficult thing to do because there's part of you, there's that ego that wants to call it impress the person you're talking to. So you want to let them know how smart you are by giving them your agendas of the world. Yeah. Right? Everybody's got everybody's got a shtick. Let me tell you something. Let me, you gotta hear this. Americans, man, this is what Americans do. Yeah, so that quote, true listening requires the setting aside of oneself. Put yourself to the side, focus in, be present. Don't, don't mess around with your phone and, and focus on the person in front of you. Don't get distracted. Yeah. He went on to say, uh, sensing this acceptance makes the speaker less and less vulnerable and more likely to open up the inner recesses of the mind to the listener. That means that the more you listen, the more you give this person your attention, your energy, the deeper you go into their mind and see what's really ticking in their, in their brain. And I think this is true with anything, right? The more you give, the more you get. Boom. And as Bill Nye said, and as was quoted in the video, everyone you ever meet knows something you don't. Number three, use open-ended questions like journalists do. Who, what, when, where, and why. Let them tell the story. They know it. And this happens so often where people are leading, especially when you talk to children. Are you angry? Yes. Well, you just fed that to them. How are you feeling? Let them come up with the word. So I, I, I really think I'm a big advocate of, of, of this and not feeding it, not assuming what the emotion is or what, whatever it, 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 it could be. Uh, let them tell you instead of you sort of trying to paper over it just to get them to be finished with what they had to say so you could start talking again. Number four, go with the flow. When thoughts and stories come to you, let them go. They're preventing you from listening. When the distraction comes, and the distraction will come, this is like when you're meditating, you have to assume that the distraction is going to come. Understand that it's there and let it go. Acknowledge its existence 
and put it to the side. And you can't listen if you got a dialogue going on in your head, if you got a scene playing out in your mind. Just put it to the side, give your energy back to the speaker. Yeah. Be engaged. Let's be engaged. There's so we have so few opportunities right now to be engaged with people. When when it comes to you, and again, this is either virtual or, or in person, uh really go with it you might you might learn something you might get something out of the experience that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten number five don't equate their experience and this is a very interesting one because i do this all the time don't equate their experience with yours it's never the same all individual experiences are different people don't need to know at that moment how great you are and how much you've suffered and, you know, interesting, like if someone says, like, my father died, you know, blah, 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 I might say, oh, well, my father died, too. So in many ways, I'm trying to connect with them that we've had a similar experience and sort of saying I'm there. But it sort of detracts from what they're saying when I have to go and me, too. And me, too. I have this I have this issue. It's not your turn. It's not your time. Read the room like we talked about before. That's giving you something else to say. Again, it's the, uh, oh, I, I get to say something now because I had a... We think that we're empathizing with them in a way we're actually not. And I think this one is a sort of a masterclass in, in having a good, the art of a good conversation. Absolutely. Number six, conversations are not an opportunity to promote yourself. And this one, I mean, we've all seen the guy that or the gal who is just walking around the room, conversating, just strutting around like a peacock. How annoying is that? If you want people to be interested in you, you have to be interested in them. If you just come to make the sale, even if you're selling yourself, you are going to fail. And I think that's what this one is about. Number seven. Ah, I hate this one. Don't repeat yourself or rephrase the same thing over and over and over again. It's condescending. It's unnecessary. And we get the point already. I, I don't know why people do this. I think some people, it's a nervous tick. I think other people do it because they just want to monopolize the conversation. And so if they don't have anything else to say, they'll just keep saying the same thing. So they control the the, the conversation. I, I think you're absolutely right. I also think that people, and this isn't something that, that uh, Celeste gets into, but it, people are also looking for an acknowledgement that you're hearing what they're saying. And it's interesting. Celeste specifically points this out, you know, because a lot of times when someone is talking to me and telling me about something, I will re paraphrase what they say back to me. Right. Repeat that back to them just to make sure that I've, I've gotten it right. And this is something I've advocated on the program in the past. And she specifically says, don't do this in a conversation. I don't know. Maybe I, I disagree with it a little bit, because I think if somebody is doing this and they're repeating themselves going on and on, they need some sort of acknowledgement, some sort of um, that that you are listening, that you have heard what they're saying, that you have taken it in. I don't think that works great in an interview on, on the radio, but I think sometimes people need, need some of that reassurance. Now, this one is my favorite, David. Number eight, stay out of the weeds. The minutia of the story, 
No one cares. We want to know more about you and your experience and not the nonsensical details that don't paint a picture. They just bog your story down. And I'm like, I'm checking my, my iWatch. This is a really strong one. You know, there are some people who are great at telling a story. And then there are others who just don't understand what is important and what is not important. And I have dated a couple of people who have had a hard time deciphering these two things. I don't know why, but they have to tell you every single piece of dialogue. He said hi, and then she said hello. And then, and by the time they get to the meat of the story, you could care less. You've checked out a long time ago. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So please don't do it. You may have imagined yourself pouring a cold bucket of water on the person talking to you. <laughs> Just to cut them, to shut them up. <laughs> well, that's so nice of you. That's such a, such a... Number nine. This is a difficult one. It's hard for me to get out. Prepare yourself. Here it is. Listen. That's it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and she said that this is the, the more super... And I don't know. I mean, in some ways, I mean, you have to... Listening is, is an active... It's not a passive thing. You know, when you're going back to number one, if you're present in a conversation and you're dealing with the thoughts that come in and the distractions that go through your mind and you're, place, you're identifying them and placing them to the side, you have to, you're going back to something and that active thing is listening. And again, um, it's, it's something that a lot of us don't do because we're sort of self-involved and in, in waiting for an opportunity to say something. Uh, and you, you miss a lot. You miss a lot if you're not able to listen, and it's not just hap happening by itself. Listening is not a passive behavior. You know, sitting there, staring at the person as they're talking is not listening. You have to be able to not only hear what the person's saying, but acknowledge that you hear them and try to put yourself in their shoes so that you can try to understand where they're coming from before you retort yeah you know she was a little bit negative on that but i don't think it's enough to listen to another person that the other person needs to know that you're listening and how better to acknowledge that than to paraphrase them briefly to acknowledge that you have heard their point and and that's where maybe celeste and i differ a little bit um but i i think people need that and i think it might not be the most interesting part of the conversation because, you know, but you could get it wrong. So I, I think that's an important part of listening is, is that. And I think this sort of goes along to number 10. Be brief, be interested in other people. So if you are re-saying re back to somebody what they're saying, don't use that as an opportunity to go on and on and on, but, you know, just 
say what you need to say. They they could acknowledge you, and then they can go on, and you could then learn something from them. This is how you carry on a conversation. You have a back and forth that involves trying to understand instead of trying to get your point across, you're trying to understand theirs. Can you imagine a conversation like that? Yeah, it sounds a lot more interesting. And again, this goes back to number three, use open-ended questions. You know, who, what, why, when, where, when, you know, how, whatever. Um, Instead of saying, okay, you've said your thing, now I get to say my thing, that's a debate. Like, we're talking about a conversation. Like, if you don't agree with this person then why have a debate with them? Because they're not going to, they're not going to convince you to see things differently, but you do have an opportunity to understand why they come from where they come from and what, why they believe what they, what they believe. So use the opportunity to understand that. And, and again, get your Jane Goodall on when you're understanding what some of these wackadoodles are thinking. If you're having a conversation with somebody who seems to have some intelligence then allow them the opportunity to convince you why their belief system, their side of the coin, why it's a good reason that they believe whatever it is they believe. Yeah. I don't think there's a right and wrong. I mean, sometimes there are right and wrong issues and and we have to come to terms with those. But in, in most things, I think what you're trying to do is see that another person has a legitimate point of view. Like I was debating, not, not to, again, the other day I was having a conversation with somebody that I'm of the position, I mean, I don't know where I am specifically, but we were talking about whether the school should open up, right? Whether the kids should go physically back to school or should e-learning continue. I'm fearful of that and lean in some ways to home learning in the people that I was discussing uh, this with uh, were if all for sending the kids back to school. I was just trying to understand their point of view, understand their rationale. How did they come to that that conclusion? I wasn't trying to change their position so they would be my have my position. And honestly, I'm still trying to learn about the situation to see when the school board does decide whatever the school board decides what my reaction is going to be the conversation was educational. I I was learning from it, from them. I I didn't agree. I didn't walk out and go, oh yeah, we definitely need to send the kids back to physical school. But that's a legitimate point of view. The bottom line is, David, you want what's best for your kids. Absolutely. So why why wouldn't you want to get all the information and all the points of view before you make a decision? Please share any tips or suggestions you have that may help get us through this crisis and let us know what you thought of this episode. And join us next week when we continue our Living It Under Quarantine Edition communication series where we talk more about healthy ways to ask for what we want. And as always, remember to subscribe and share. Share, share, share. And join us over at the Facebook page. Just go to Live It or Waste It Now in the search area there at Facebook, and you will come to the Live It or Waste It page. And we are on Instagram, so please check us out there. We'll be getting some new stuff up there this week. 
And for those of you who would like to financially support this podcast, we ask you to go to patreon.com slash live it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash live it. And if you'd like to produce a podcast and you're living on the eastern side of the globe, you could come to me to someone talked media dot com. And if you want to do a podcast on the western side of things, who doesn't want to do a podcast? I mean, come on, it's fun. Do a podcast, people. David and I will get it done for you. We'll help you. There's a lot of different ways of doing it. It could be very economical and fun and uh, something where you get your expertise out there. And therapeutic. <laughs> yes, very therapeutic. And documentary. We document our lives on this program each day. Look at that. So come on over to winedesigns.com. Now stay inside and live it. Don't waste it. Peace and love.